0: welcome to any questions a podcast about conception pregnancy and realistic motherhood follow along on my journey as i ask the questions we all have when it comes to getting pregnant staying pregnant and becoming parents i'm not an expert and i have no experience i'm going through it all just like you so thanks for being here and let's get into it Hello and welcome back to any questions. Happy New Year. Happy 2024. We are back. (laughs) I did not think I would still be doing a podcast about fertility and conception in 2024. Um, But here we are. (laughs) This is this is the journey 74 episodes in so thank you for being here a uh, long listener new listener welcome this is I, I heard this on another podcast someone said it's like the worst club to be a part of but with the best members or something like that so welcome if you are on your own fertility journey or if you're just here to hear about mine uh, I appreciate you being here and I hope 2024 is a great year for all of us and hopefully you know progressing in our fertility journeys. Uh, before I dive into today's episode, I just want to give a little bit of an update. So if you caught my last episode, I kind of did like a, a year in review type thing. And I mentioned that I might want to do an episode where I bring my husband on, my partner, and kind of do a bit of a interview style, get his perspective on the whole TTC journey. And I put a poll in the uh, show notes. I think it's only on Spotify. So if you happen to listen on spot you would have seen a poll. And I asked if people would be interested in hearing from my husband. And at the time of recording, 100% of respondents have said yes. So sounds like you are interested in an episode uh, with my husband and he is game. He's um, not, he doesn't have secret podcasts like I do. Um, So this will be his first time on a podcast. So please be kind um, but he is game to do it. So I thought um, what I'll do is I'll put a Q&A box in the show notes again. So again, that'll just be on Spotify. However, I also have my Google uh, feedback form, which is in the show notes of every single episode. It's just a very simple Google form that says, you know, what's your question, there's just one box. I think I ask your name as well. But you can leave that blank if you want to be anonymous. Um, But anyways, I will be collecting questions. So I have some of my own that I think would be good to ask him. But if there's anything you'd like to ask him, anything you'd love to get the either male perspective on or the partner perspective on anything you want to ask us together, anything you just want to ask me, though, you can put that in the show notes anytime in the in the feedback form. um, I'll leave that open for the next couple weeks so either the episode after this one or maybe two after that will be the one uh with him it'll just depend when we can get together to record and i'll I'll give you at least a week or two to get your questions in though so if you do have any questions for him for us for me please feel free to fill out either the q a box um on spotify if that's where you're listening or just fill out my regular google feedback form again link in the show notes anything you want to know um I was going to say like, ask me anything. We might not answer everything, but go ahead and ask it. <laughs> happy, happy to, to, yeah, answer whatever we can. And yeah, I think that'll be a really um, fun episode. I'm excited. Obviously I talk to my husband all the time and, you know, we've shared a lot of our thoughts on fertility, but I think it'll be really interesting to, you know, sit down and actually ask some of these questions, maybe things we haven't thought about or things we haven't at least like said out loud to each other. I think that'll be very cool for me. And uh, it sounds like so far 100% of the respondents think it'll be cool for them to hear as well. Another update, if you again caught my last episode, I said that we were meeting with our fertility doctor. So we did have that meeting um, at the end of December there, I guess third week of December. And uh, funny enough, our doctor was kind of confused about what we had been doing. Um, As I shared, we've been on, or well, I've been on, um, medication kind of since about May, May, June. Um, I've been taking some medication for uh, PCOS, which I have as well as to sort of jumpstart ovulation. And my doctor was under the impression that the um, ovulation medication would be monitored. So her understanding was we were supposed to call in to ask the nurses, her nursing team to prescribe the medication. And then they would have me come in for either blood work or ultrasounds to like see If the medication's actually working but somebody on their side dropped the ball and that was never arranged we just got the medication but we were never told to come in for blood work or ultrasounds or anything like that um so we'd kind of just been taking the medication on our own and she was super apologetic and was you know um said she'd follow up with her nursing team to see what happened but it was just like (laughs) in the moment it was kind of um it was like i guess honestly just just kind of fine i didn't i don't think i really had a reaction one way or the other it was just like oh well, of course this is just you know like one more thing we don't really have an answer on it's not like we had done anything wrong um and obviously if the ovulation medicine had been working you know it wouldn't really matter whether it was monitored or not but it was just another thing that like oh here we are you know 6 7 months later not having an answer to something we should have had an answer for a little while ago and it's again i'm so grateful to be in canada I, we've yet to pay you know much money for this whole process just a little bit of money here and there for the medication um but i can't help but thinking you know if we were in a place where we were paying for all of this that maybe someone would have followed up like it was us who tried to follow up with the doctor who tried to get this appointment if it, we hadn't and even doing that took a really long time to get the appointment um if we hadn't done that like nobody was following up with us and you know checking to make sure that we were getting the tests and stuff that we were supposed to be getting. So it's just a little bit shitty that that ball was kind of dropped. And then to follow up on that, (laughs) even shittier, I guess. Uh, So the point of our appointment with that doctor was to kind of move forward with um, next steps here. So, you know, we've been on the medication for six or seven months. TBD, if it's even been working since we missed all of the monitoring part. Um, But the plan was next steps was to do an IUI, so an intrauterine insemination. Uh, However, because we were calling kind of end of year, the doctor said, oh, you know, we've got a bit of a a slowdown at our office. So you'll just want to, you know, just double check. But I'm sure the nursing teams will still be working. We find out later, not the case. I called in and they're like, yeah, sorry, we're not doing IUIs because of the holidays. Um, We also thought that very strangely my period ended up showing up a week early and this is like in all the time i've been tracking over the last you know three four years this has never happened my period is always very you know i I do have long cycles but it's always very reliably once i calculate ovulation my period always comes two weeks later um it's never ever early so this was very strange i had just restarted medication that the doctor you know i had kind of been a bit lax about my pcos medication and the doctor had suggested i get back on it so i'm kind of thinking that might have switch things up in my body um so my yeah my period ended up starting a week early which was um not great (laughs) mainly um well obviously sad i was hoping obviously that we had gotten pregnant and i wouldn't be getting my period so it sucked that it you know just showed up and i and we weren't pregnant. Um, Weirdly though, you know, I didn't have to go through the whole two week wait of like, am I or am I not? Is this a symptom? Is that, you know, a pregnancy symptom or a PMS symptom? Because honestly, I try not to start thinking about that until the second week of my two week wait. So because my period was a week early, I hadn't even gotten to that point yet. So I guess that was kind of nice to (laughs) to not have that whole week of like, maybe, maybe not anxiety. It also happened to be like just over Christmas. So it was, again, it would have been great, Obviously, had I been pregnant or, you know, at least over Christmas thinking I could have been, um, but was just had my period instead. So it was a bit of a definitive answer that way. Um. But because of the holidays, because my period came early, because the office was kind of slowed down, I'm not able to start that IUI process. I wasn't even able to get the medication in time because pharmacies and things like that were shut down over the holidays. Um, So that basically means we won't be able to do the IUI this month in January. And then in February, we are traveling um, kind of like mid-month. So we probably won't be able to do the IUI that month either. So it's looking like March (laughs) will be the earliest we can start the IUI um, process, which uh, sucks, obviously, and I think leads very well into today's episode all about how to not make TTC trying to conceive feel like a chore because you know, looking at the calendar, we've got at least two months, maybe even longer, depending on my cycles ahead of us of not being able to sort of move forward with the assisted reproduction um, through an IUI or something like that. We're obviously still gonna try it on our own. but it's obviously you know a little deflating to receive news like that and it's definitely feeling like ttc is more and more of a chore looking at this horizon and sort of what we've got in store for the next couple months so i thought this is a perfect time to do this episode Um, this is also inspired by a listener who wrote in uh, way back in july i think um from south wales who requested an episode like this and i think i've done you know in putting together my notes for this episode i think i've done a few episodes like this but I don't know that I've exactly, I don't think I've used this term, you know, like a chore before in an episode, Uh, but it's been 74 episodes, so maybe I have, (laughs) but it's time for a refresh anyways. So let's dive into it. How do we make TTC not feel like a chore? All right, so I think first thing to think about when considering, you know, making TTC feel less like a chore is obviously the actual TTC act, the sort of bedroom activities. So I'm not going to give you, you know, a bunch of tips about how to spice up your, your bedroom life or things like that. But obviously, those tips exist. There are lots of, you know, websites, podcasts, books, movies, whatever you want out there. Um, I will say though, I think in general, if you are struggling, like, oh my gosh, you know, it's such a chore, we have to do it at the same time, every month or every cycle. One thing I think that can help is to keep in mind that sure, you know, it it is having to be a little bit more scheduled, maybe the timing can't be so spontaneous. But that doesn't mean other parts of the activity can't be spontaneous, right? So let's say, okay, you know, you have to do it on whatever Tuesday, but that doesn't mean you have to do it in the same location, or in the same positions, or in the same outfits, or in the same, characters. I don't know if you're into role playing or whatever, right? Like there are lots of ways to still spice things up, even if the timing does have to be a little bit premeditated. Um, And honestly, that's a tip I think I need to remember as well, because there's, you know, definitely my husband and I have fallen into a little bit of a routine. And while it's still a lot of fun, I I can see how it can feel very chore like very you know check it off uh, a list a to-do list kind of thing as opposed to this really like you know fun sexy spontaneous activity so i definitely think some effort can be uh put into our <laughs> bedroom activities as well so please don't feel alone if that's something that you're dealing with too. um try to mix it up even you know a different time of day right that can be kind of exciting um but i did want to talk about the the idea of TTC, trying to conceive, feeling like a chore outside of the bedroom. Because I think that's kind of the obvious one, right? Like, you're like, oh, it's feeling like such a chore. And, you know, people might think, oh, you mean, like, the actual doing of the deed is feeling like a chore. But as I've talked about many times in the last 73 episodes, um, there's so much more than just the actual doing of the deed, right? It's like a full-time job. There's something you're doing every single day in terms of monitoring, tracking, looking up symptoms, taking medications, running tests, you know, doctor's appointments, whatever it is. There's stuff going on at all points of your cycle, not just like the tiny window when you can actually get pregnant. So let's talk about how to make those things feel less chore-like? So the first thing um, I think is to split it with your partner. So even if it is a chore, you know, a chore that you can split in half is a lot less chore (laughs) than if you have to do it all by yourself. So I've talked about this a lot. Um, I think as much as possible, try to include your partner in this process. Um, I find many times in, you know, couples where, well, I guess in, in most couples, only one person is, you know, getting pregnant is, is holding, carrying the baby this time. Um, Or, you know, if if you're growing your family in a way where somebody is getting pregnant, often it's just one member of the couple that is the one getting pregnant. And that's the person who often has to do most of the work, most of the tracking, you know, temperatures, cervical mucus, um, medications, you know, whatever it is, all of that kind of falls on the one partner. And it kind of feels like the other partner is not as involved. Um, And I think that sucks because this is obviously a child that you both, oh, hopefully this is a child that you both want. And I think you should both be. Involved in the process. So, some ideas of things your partner can do to, you know, literally physically help you. Um, and I've, you know, we've, I've done these things with my husband kind of off and on. Um, one of them is if you were doing your basal body temperature tracking. So, that's where you take your temperature first thing in the morning before you get up, before you move around, before you talk. First of all, just letting your partner know that that's something you need to do is very helpful. If they don't know that's something you're doing, they might, um, you know, try to have a conversation with you or they might, you know, not worry about waking you up or letting you sleep in past your alarm or things like that. But if you have it like, you know, okay, every morning at 8 a.m., I've got to take my temperature. Um, letting them know that first of all is very helpful, but also get them involved. So we used to do it where my husband was actually the one who would take my temperature, like he would literally put the thermometer in my mouth. And then he would record the temperature and text it to me because I this was when I was uh, a better person and not sleeping with my cell phone next to my head. Um, And my thermometer doesn't have like a little light on it. And I would also forget what the temperature was. So he would look at it, use his phone, see the temperature, text it to me. And then you know, when I woke up an hour or so later, I would already have it. So that was a really good way to get him involved. Um, You can make your partner in in charge of tracking if there's anything you're tracking. Sure, maybe you have to like report the findings to him, right? Like if you're tracking your um, cervix position or cervical fluid or something like that, but he can be the one who like fills out the little... Um, graph or the app or the notebook or whatever it is you're using. So you can make him in charge of that. Um, You can get him to help with buying, you know, if you need to buy OPKs, strip tests, if you need to buy medication, vitamins, um, whatever it is you need to buy, whatever supplies you're looking at, you can put your partner in charge of that. And it can be not only just going to the store and buying those things, but also being responsible for noticing when you're running low, um, that this could be a whole gosh, I was going to say a whole episode, but honestly, it could be a whole podcast on sharing the mental load. But it's more than just going out and buying the thing. It's also knowing when you're running low of the thing, like doing that mental work before the actual physical act of going out and buying something. Um, They can also help with your medication. I'll go more into this in a sec. um, But this is a big one that I've really appreciated my partner's help on. Um, another part I think of splitting the chore of TTC with your partner is making it so, and, and again, I find this a lot in, um, in relationships where it's just one partner who is more, uh, responsible for carrying the baby. Often, again, we see this in, you know, cishet couples where the woman, is the one who kind of has all the information, who's doing all the work and the man is just kind of along for the ride and showing up and doing his part when he's told. I think it's so important for your partner to not just rely on you as their source of information, but to also do their own research. And this is something you know I'm not perfect at um, at all. This is something my husband and I could definitely work on, but I want him to know things, you know, when I, I don't want to be the one who is gatekeeping all of this information. Obviously, again, if it's about my own body, I don't expect him to like predict what my temperature is. Um, but like, I want him to know what the process is, I want him to know what ovulation means, I want him to know what a positive OPK test means, I want him to know what PCOS is and what symptoms we're looking for, and what signs of ovulation we're looking for. And you know, all these things that like a quick Google search really is, is very helpful. Um, and I don't think that's wild to ask our partners to do a quick Google search. So we're not having to be you know on top of being the people who track and test and monitor we also now have to be teachers like that's kind of bs right get your partner to do a little homework <laughs> get them to listen to this podcast Um, lastly, you know, obviously having your partner be a part of all of these sort of big, um, discussion points. So if you have any doctor's appointments, or if you're meeting with any, I don't know, fertility specialists or whoever, um, having your partner be a part of all of those things. So far, my, um, husband has been able to take time off work. Anytime we've had a doctor's appointment or an appointment with our fertility clinics, that's been really great. He's gotten to be a part of all of those things. Um, and obviously, you know, if you are, discussing any sort of next steps in your fertility journey, making sure that those are conversations you and your partner are having together and you're both sort of bearing the burden of making those decisions. Um, Another tip to sort of make TTC feel less like a chore is honestly just make it easier. And this is something that my husband and I say, not just about fertility, but something we kind of say to each other um, about anything in life is, you know, especially as we get older, if there's a problem we can throw a little bit of money at in order to make it easier or make it go away, we want to do that. And I say that not as very rich, you know, we are not driving around in our Bentleys going from our mansion to our beach house. Like we are not rich people. I'm not talking about a lot of money. I'm talking about a little bit of money in order to drastically reduce the size of a problem or make a problem go away completely. I think if you have grown up very frugal, um, definitely how I was raised, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I just want to, you know, anything to, to save a bit of money, um, anything to, to, you know, oh, we, you know, basically, I only shop things that are on sale, I never buy anything full price, which is silly. Um, but it's, it's a kind of a hard mentality to get around. But it, it makes a huge difference. So for one example, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm taking this medication for uh, PCOS as well as for ovulation. And I am a silly, silly person who can't swallow pills. So what I have to do is cut the pill in half and then I mix it with some apple juice and then I'm able to kind of swallow it that way. Um, It's silly. I know, I wish I could get over it, but (laughs) here I am. Um, so it was actually the, I think one of the large reasons why I stopped taking my PCOS medication was just the burden of having to not only, you know, swallow the pills and deal with the side effects, which is, you know, the physical side of it, but it was like the mental fatigue of, okay, every single day I have to take out a pill. I have to cut it in half. I have to find a small little container that's clean. I have to find the applesauce. I have to mix it all together. I have to put in this other supplement I'm taking, you know, I put it in with my pill. Then I have to track okay, do we have enough applesauce? Do we have enough pills? Do we have enough supplements? When's it, when do I have to call my doctor to get another prescription? Then I have to call the pharmacy. Then I have to go to the pharmacy and pick it up. Then I have to order the supplements on Amazon. Then I have to order the apple juice through our grocery store. Oh, we ran out of bowls that are clean. Like it was just constant, thinking about this thing and i had to do it twice a day because i'm taking the pills twice a day and it was like all of my brain (laughs) power was spent on just this process of these pills and you know it's it's annoying sure but on top of that there's this added layer of every single time i am thinking about these things and taking these pills it's one more reminder that we are not pregnant yet um and that still sucks honestly i still get a little bit emotional thinking about that and if well, this is gosh, this is like a light bulb moment. I think one of the big reasons why TTC feels like such a chore is everything you're doing for TTC, the temperature tracking, the monitoring, the testing, the medication, the discussions, the doctor's appointments, whatever it is, every single one of those is a mental reminder that you are not yet pregnant or not yet growing your family, Um, which, whoa, (laughs) I hadn't actually thought about that. It's not in my notes. Anyways, that is a huge revelation I've just come to. Um, And yeah, so that, bringing it back to my pill story, I think that was one of the reasons why I was really struggling with taking my medication and didn't wanna take it. And being able to make that easier, make that pill process easier has actually taken a ton of weight off my shoulders. So one thing we did was we went out to just like a local like drugstore or whatever, and we bought tiny little containers um, that are dishwasher friendly, And that are just going to be my pill containers. So I think we got like eight or 12 of them or something like that. And then, you know, we sat down at the beginning of the week and we cut out, we cut up all of my pills to fill all the containers. We got all of my supplements together to fill all the containers. We bought like a huge pack of apple juice or applesauce. So now it's this really, really easy thing. I have a set of like, you know, eight or 12 pill containers. And anytime it's time to take my medication, I just grab a container open the lid, pour in some applesauce and I'm good to go. It's not this like huge laborious process. And it was also something that my husband was able to help me with. He helped me like put together these pill packs. And the whole thing cost, we probably spent like $10 on these little pill cases. Um, the apple juice, or the applesauce, my mom actually had bought for us unrelated to <laughs> fertility stuff. She just thought we'd want applesauce. Um, so that was, you know, already purchased. But honestly, for the cost of like under $20, we made that whole process so much easier and so much less of a mental burden for me. So that's a, a t- my tip here, my <laughs> TLDR, because I kind of went off on a tangent, is if there's something you can do, to make your ttc journey a little bit easier even if it costs you know a little bit of money consider doing it if it's going to take off you know a lot of mental load from you Uh, my next tip is to skip things it is okay you know if nobody said this to you yet it is okay if you are not doing everything 100 perfectly 100 of the time even though we know we're supposed to be you know tracking this monitoring that not eating this eating that, it is okay to not do those things. (laughs) It is totally, totally okay to skip things. For example, I am no longer tracking my basal body temperature. It was a pain in the butt. Um, I'm somebody who, you know, sometimes last night, I didn't go to sleep till like three something. I just stayed up really late. I don't know why I couldn't fall asleep. I'm also someone who usually gets up to pee in the middle of the night. I drink a lot of water. um, And I wake up at sort of various times in the morning. So it was really Uh, stressful for me to have this thing hanging over my head that like, oh my gosh, I have to make sure I get at least six hours of sleep or five hours of sleep or however many hours of sleep without moving. I have to make sure I wake up around the same time. Oh my gosh! I have to check my temperature, and you know, yes, my husband was doing it for me for a while, but then on the weekends, you know, sometimes he wants to get up out of bed, and I'm not awake yet. Um, so it was just becoming this thing hanging over my head. And honestly, I had done it for probably about a year or, or more, on and off, and I felt like I had a pretty good idea of what my temperature was doing, and and you know how it related to other symptoms. So I just decided that's not something I'm going to do anymore. I'm skipping that. Um, and you know, even things like these you know, this medication that I'm taking, sometimes I skip days, you know, if we're going out, I don't like rush home to take it. I don't take it on the road with me. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And that's totally fine. That makes this whole thing feel less like this, you know, burden, this chore hanging over my head because I'm giving myself permission to skip things. Um, Taking it one step further, you can also give yourself permission to take a break. So I did a whole episode about this. It was episode number 57 called Should We Take a Break from TTC? And I just want to say that it is totally fine. If you have been on this journey for, even if you haven't been on this journey for a long time, if you are feeling a lot of resentment, if you really are not wanting to continue, if you are feeling tired, burnt out, um, if you're dealing with a loss, you know whatever it is, if something inside you of you saying like, you know what, this sucks, I don't want to be doing this right now, it is totally, totally okay to take a break. It is completely fine. Um, you know, your mental health, your sanity, your relationship, especially if you're doing with this up, uh, this with a partner, is so much more important than just pushing through and you know growing your family at all costs. Like, please, please take a break. Um, I would say, you know, probably in 99.9% of cases, taking a couple weeks, a couple months, even a year or so off is not going to be the, you know, be all and end all of your fertility journey, right? Um, Obviously, you know, everyone is in their own case. But uh, as I've said before, you know, if if you want to have a child, if you want to grow your family, you will find a way, you know, if if money's no object, if time is no object, you will find a way and taking a few weeks off to, you know, recenter your brain and just, you know, have a little reset, take some time off, just give yourself, you know, a break. It That is not going to make the difference between you having a child and you not having a child. I firmly, firmly believe that. Um, obviously talk to your own, you know, doctors and things like that. But I really do think um, even, you know, the best medical professional, I think will tell you, if you are in a place where you are not doing well, that it's more important for you to take a break. And that will actually do more for your chances of, you know, conceiving or fertility or whatever it is, um, if you are in a better mental headspace. If you're able to find a therapist, a counselor, you know, someone you can talk to, I think that would be really, really great. There are therapists who specialize in um, TTC and infertility and things like that. So if you can find someone to speak to, they might be able to give you some, you know, tips or some better understandings or things you can do uh, during your break to sort of uh, make yourself feel better. I think I talked about this back in that episode 57. Um, There's a lot of guilt that comes with taking a break it's funny because you think like, oh, once I take this break, I'm just going to feel, you know, so relaxed and so relieved. But there is this like nugget at the back of your brain that's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm not trying. What's wrong with me? How could I be giving up? Um, And I really don't want you to look at it like giving up. You're not giving up. You're just taking a break. And something I actually talked about with my therapist, which is kind of a, I guess it's a pro and a con. um, I kind of talked about, you know, if, if my husband and I ever say, okay, you know what, we're done. Like we're, we're not wanting to continue this fertility journey we were you know we might not have a baby and that's fine it's it's kind of strange because we never actually stop trying um obviously if we are having protected sex that would be not trying but assuming we you know continue having unprotected sex because of the nature of our um you know, cisgender heterosexual relationship, we could still get pregnant, right? Like, even if we stopped tracking everything, even if we stopped taking all the medication, even if we didn't go back to the fertility clinic, we would still be trying, quote unquote, because we would still be having, you know, unprotected sex. And I would still be, even if I'm not monitoring and tracking, I would still notice certain things that are like, ah, that does feel like a sign of fertility. So it's kind of this weird thing of, You know, even if we did take a break or permanently, you know, took a break, we would still kind of be trying in the background, you know, up until a point, I guess, when I hit menopause or if we, you know, for sure, for sure didn't want kids, which I don't think would happen because we, you know, we do want kids. It would just be a matter of it happening or not for us. Um, So I think that's a bit of an interesting, this is sort of a a side tangent to the taking a break. Um, But if you are in a relationship like that where you could naturally conceive, it's, it's sort of a weird... Idea to take a break or to stop trying um, when, like, you you still technically are. <laughs> Anyways, it's an odd one. Um, my last tip here. Apologies for all of these tangents. I I will try to get it together for the next episode. My last tip on trying to make TTC not feel so much like a chore is just to give yourself grace. Please acknowledge, you know, wherever you are, however long you've been on this journey, whatever your journey has entailed, ups, downs, losses, tests, trials, tribulations, whatever it is, acknowledge that this is hard. You are on a hard journey. They don't call it a journey for nothing. And I think if you're one of those people who kind of gets pregnant right away, you don't even you don't even talk about having a fertility journey, right? Like that's not even part of the equation. So if that is not happening for you, Um, this is hard. This is really hard. I've got 74 episodes now to prove that this is a really tough time. So please, um, please give yourself grace. Please don't beat yourself up for feeling tired, for feeling burnt out, for being exhausted, being upset, whatever emotions you're feeling. Um, and especially if you are feeling like this is just some big chore, this big mental load hanging over your head, this physical toll, um, that is completely, completely, Normal, And there are, I'm telling you right now, hundreds of other people listening to this episode who are nodding along and feeling the same things you're feeling. I know I definitely am. So please give yourself grace. Um, You are doing the best you can (laughs) with what you have right now. If you are able to, I really encourage you, you know, if if therapy is an option for you, I encourage you to find someone to talk to. Um, If not, at least, you know, talking to your partner or if you are not with a partner, you know, finding a community, whether in person or online, just a place where you can go for support, where you can go to talk, um, I find really, really helpful. I also find it very helpful to have things outside of TTC that you are working on, you know, goals or hobbies or passions, whatever it is, things to get excited about um, that are that you know have nothing to do with um, a baby or or fertility, I think is is a really great way to sort of distract yourself. Um, all right, those are my tips for how to make TTC not feel like a chore. Um, I hope that was helpful. I know this is a little bit ranty and kind of all over the place, but hopefully that you know you picked up a nugget or two of information from that. Again, a quick reminder in the show notes: I have a Google form. I also have a Q and A box. You can leave any questions you have for me. Um, or for my husband, I will do an episode where I have him on to talk about the sort of partner and male perspective of this fertility journey. So if there's anything you'd love to ask um, him, you'd love to ask me, you'd love to ask us, please leave that in the uh, feedback form or the Q&A box. Also, if you just have any feedback in general or any episode suggestions, you can always leave those there. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you or you will hear from me in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Any Questions, a podcast about conception, pregnancy, and realistic motherhood. If you liked hearing from me, I'd really appreciate it if you could do all the things. Follow, subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with a friend. Even if I wasn't able to answer all of your questions, I hope there's some relief in knowing you're not alone in asking them. Thanks so much for being here.